Thank you for joining our weekly message on the Pure Young Adult Podcast. We hope this message encourages you to grow deeper in your journey with Jesus. For more information about Pure Young Adults, check us out on all social media platforms at Pure Young Adults. Enjoy the message. Hey, what's up, Pure? How you guys doing tonight? Good to be with you. Good to be with you. I want to welcome you, uh, just like Shelby said, if you're visiting new for the first time, we're so glad that you're with us. Uh, hopefully you get connected. That's super important to us here. Um, we actually have a welcome new person kind of dinner that's upcoming uh, next month that we're super excited about, that we're going to hook you guys up with some food and stuff, so you'll, you'll be getting that invitation. Also, if you're watching online, hope you enjoy the service, the message. Uh, come join us. We love hanging out. Well, hey, you guys, um, I want to fill you in real quick on what's going on with the series, because if you haven't been with us, I want to catch you up real fast. If you're here week one, uh, Jakeem kind of kicked off the series, and, and this is our risk series, and, and he, he defined risk this way. He said, these are, risk is situations involving exposure to danger, harm, or loss. Do you guys remember that? But he flipped the script, and he said, you know, let's risk God opportunities to get you to your destiny, right? Risk relationships, that's what we talked about in week one. And then week two, um, he talked about this idea of risking the unknown. You guys remember that? And then a lot of you were with us last week when Brenda gave a word and, and she did an amazing job and kind of talked about this idea of risking of hope and what that looks like. Well, hey, tonight I'm gonna close up the series for you guys and I have a message that uh, you see it on the screen here, rescued from an ordinary Life, And I'm super excited about this message and, and what I feel like God has for you. And I'm going to let you know on the front end, just very up front, if you have your Bibles, your, your, your iPhones, your devices, I want you to follow along. So I'm going to be throwing some verses at you. And we're going to be looking at one verse in particular. But tonight's message is meant to be very super duper practical, okay? So if you're like, well, that was a simple message, then I, I won. That was the point of the message, okay? So um, stick with me because we're going to be busting through it, but I'm really excited. I remember uh, a couple years ago, a few years back, um, I had been to Pier one time and I had come back the following week. Um, I had never been to, to Pier before. We were just attending Water of Life and, and, uh, and someone came up to me and they said, they said, Matt France, is that you? And, and when any, anyone says that, you know they recognize you immediately. And a lot of times what? You don't always recognize that person. And I, and I was like, well, wait, like, uh, yeah, hey, how, like, how's it going, you know? And, and, I, and I didn't immediately, immediately recognize this person that had come up to me. And, and what I realized real quickly that this, this girl that had approached me, her name was Mariah, and, and I said, Mariah, yeah, uh, you know, the, she used to be in my youth group a long time, like, you know, long time ago, years and years and years and years, and I hadn't seen her since high school. And the things that I remembered about Mariah, uh, when she was in high school um, were interesting things. Like the thing I remember was she was, she ripped. She was an awesome snowboarder and she was a girl, which is even cooler. You guys with me? It's like girls that play drums. It's just cooler, right? And, and uh, I remember the people that Mariah hung out with. That's what really stood out to me. And, and I said, man, I didn't recognize you. Like, how are you doing since high school? And Mariah kind of started sharing about how things were since high school. And uh, as you can imagine, uh, because of the people she hung out with, um, things weren't awesome post high school. Um, because she had made some decisions, you know, she kind of said like life, life was crazy. And, you know, I was partying and going to raves and rolling and doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And, and life was, was crazy. 
And I remember she said something that, that has always kind of stuck with me. She said, I, I came home, you know, one night and I, I looked in the mirror and, and I like didn't recognize, you know, myself. And, and uh, but she said, she said, you know, I'm here and God has done so much. Like, she's like, literally, like, I'm a miracle. And you got to understand, like, I have people that I haven't seen in a long time say that to me all the time. But then she started to say the things that had happened in her life since she had come to Pure. And, and she started telling me about a Cambodia trip she went on and how God absolutely wrecked her life. I mean, this is crazy, you guys. She didn't even really know Jesus until a week, I think, a week before the trip, right? And she f- got on a plane and flew over to Cambodia to go serve, serve the people, the Khmer people. She got involved with school and ministry, and she got some healing, and God did this in- incredible thing. She met uh, her boyfriend, who would then become her husband here at Pure, and, and was in an awesome relationship with him. And the coolest thing for me is that I had the privilege uh, of marrying Mariah and her husband, Grady, um, about a year ago. I think we have a, a picture of them. Can you throw that up there for us, hopefully? So there's, uh, there's Mariah and Grady, and, and uh, they have a, I can't spend time on it, but they have an amazing love story. You guys, go to the next one, because I want you guys to see. If you could see Mariah's face there, there's this deep joy that, that is, is right, like, under the surface um, and I always joke with her because she cries all the time. And, and she went on a Haiti trip. Her and her husband, Grady, went on a Haiti trip with our peer team um, this summer. And, and uh, I, I was thinking about this 180 that God had done in her life. And I started thinking about this thought like, man, I'm so glad God got a hold of her heart and, and what God had done with her in her life. But I started thinking back when she was in high school. I'm like, man, Mariah, like, the things I teach now, I taught those back then. And she said something that was really, really interesting to me that I wanted to kind of share with you guys. She said, you know, um, everything I taught then, you know, I teach now. Not a lot has changed. But she said, you're right, Matt. I just didn't choose that. I wasn't in a place to hear God. And I think as we jump into tonight's message, that's really, that's really the point, is that when it comes to following God, when it comes to being rescued from an ordinary life and maybe taking risks in your life, you and I have a choice. We have a choice whether we're going to follow God's ways or if we're going to follow the world's ways. And, and you've probably lived long enough to know, you know, the, the world's way is pretty attractive at times. And God's way sometimes is hard to navigate, but his ways are always, always better. Because I would say, if you follow God, God's going to bless you, honor you. It might be different. But God, God always has a better life. <clears throat> I got Spotify Premium recently. Anyone Spotify Premium fans out there? Okay. <laughs> and a cool feature is when you click on a song and then, you know, you can kind of like see lyrics and you get behind the scenes of the song or the artist, you know what I'm talking about, which is kind of cool um, if you didn't know a lot about the artist. And um, I have an early 2000s playlist. Um, I have an 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, but my early 2000s playlist, a song came on that you probably will remember, and it was from a song uh, by the artist Pink, and it was from her first album, uh, Misunderstood, and the song was Don't Let Me Get Me, and, and I was li- watching these lyrics, and I'm just going gonna, gonna to share them with you. Um, so Pink, big time artist. The whole bit. 
And um, you would think all that she's accomplished, she's got it all together. She writes this and misunderstood. I never win first place. I don't support the team. I can't take direction and my socks are never clean. Teachers dated me. My parents hated me. I'm always in a fight because I can't do anything right. Every day I fight against the war in the mirror. Can't make, I'm sorry, I can't take the person staring back at me. I'm a hazard to myself. Don't let me get me. I'm my own worst enemy. It's bad when you annoy yourself. So irritating. Don't want to be my friend no more. I want to be somebody else. Now, I wanted to sing it, but I also want you to come back next week. So I decided to read it. You guys with me? Okay. So the last line is what stood out to me. And that's why I wanted to share it. It says, I want to be somebody else. I mean, here's someone who from the outside looking in, seems like they have it all together. Super talented, super successful, has sold tons and tons of albums, and, but still writes lyrics that she wants to be somebody else. When it comes to this idea of being rescued from an ordinary life, I want to look at a few passages, and the, the passage that I want to spend some time on is, uh, it's really my theme, my life verse, it's from John 10.10. 10. So if you have your Bibles, your phones, um, do me a favor and turn to John 10.10. 10. It's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. <clears throat> we're going to be there. We're going to camp out there, but we're also going to be kind of jumping around to some other verses. <clears throat> and uh, if you would like to be rescued from an ordinary life or a path that might be leading you to, know, to an ordinary life, check out this verse. It's a great verse. Here it is, John 10.10. 10. It says, the thief comes to steal kill and destroy, Jesus says, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Another translation, it's right on the screen here. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so they can have real and eternal life, a better life than they've ever dreamed of. If you and I were to go out to lunch, one-on-one, -on -one, hang out, talk, connect, and I asked you, hey, what are you, what are you dreaming about? What are you hoping for? I'm pretty sure that I would hear some pretty cool things about the things you're dreaming about in your life. <clears throat> if I would ask you, tell me about your life, tell me about your dreams. I mean, for ladies, a lot of times it's, you know, you're thinking about your wedding day. Isn't that true? Don't girls think about their wedding day or the wedding dress they're going to wear? You know, I know if you're dating a guy, you're practicing his last name with yours. Like, I know how it goes. Whereas guys are similar. Guys are, are thinking about the wedding night and the wedding dress off. You guys with me? You know what I'm saying, right? That's what the guys are thinking about, okay? And, but they're dreams, and we all have dreams in our lives. Isn't that true? <clears throat> and they, if, if you shared them with me, they would probably be pretty cool dreams. But I just wonder if God would, might be hearing those and saying, like, that's, that's all you're dreaming about? Like, that's, that's all you're thinking about? Like, maybe your dreams could be a little bit bigger um, because that's what I want for you. See, when you follow God, when you let Jesus fully invade your life, when you take a risk for him, that's how you find true destiny in, in real, real living. You see, because you might say this, like my dream is to be successful. My dream is to graduate college and so I can buy a nice car and buy a nice wife. No, I'm just kidding. Um, buy a nice house. I'm just kidding. Buy a nice house, right? And get all these things in place and, you know, get a scholarship. You, you have dreams and things you want to accomplish. You would, might say things like that, but... <clears throat> I could tell you lots of people and show you lots of people that have those things 
and had those desires and dreams that are miserable, miserable people because they're living the world's way. And Jesus says this, I came that they can have eternal life, a better life than they ever dreamed of. Ephesians 3.20 says it a little bit differently. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. So God wants to do immeasurably more, right? More than we're thinking about, more than we're dreaming about. And what I want to do tonight is I want to focus on the first nine words of that passage because I think we, if we focus there, there are, some, there are things that are happening in your life and my life that are making us or causing us to live ordinary lives that keep us in the seat, not taking a risk. And I want to dive into that because we're going to look at those, that first part of that passage. And it says this, the thief, it's going to pop up on the screen, is the devil who's an enemy of God. I told you it's going to be simple, pretty simple, right? If you're taking notes, write that down. The thief is the devil who is an enemy of God, an adversary of God. That's what that passage is saying. That's what Jesus is trying to communicate, that ultimately the thief comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. We need to understand that because Jesus is, is trying to put it in bright lights. Well, you're thinking, no, like my daddy is the, the thief. My mom's the thief. My professor that anxiety is a thief. The mirror is the thief. Those are the things that take and steal from me. No, no. God says the devil is the enemy. Question for you guys tonight. How many, have, uh, how many of you tonight have ever had something stolen from you? Something stolen, like, like something from your locker, something from your car. I don't know. You don't have a car, your Razor scooter or your bike got stolen. I don't know. Whatever, right? Like something's been stolen from you. Uh, my truck um, about seven years ago, got stolen out of my driveway. Okay, so my neighbors have cameras and I rapped on their door and I was like, hey, uh, I know you have cameras. I know it gets kind of this part of our yard and can I check out, check out your cameras because my dog barked at a certain time of the night and I remember he went crazy and I ignored him because I was tired. And, and I said, can we go to you know, 1.40 a.m. and we go there and you literally see my car back out of the driveway and take off, right? You can like see it on the camera and it's the worst feeling that someone figured out how to get in your car and and stole it. The worst part is that me and my wife had just gotten back from our anniversary and our vehicle was full of luggage with all of our nice clothes, all of our stuff, my gym bag with my new shoes and, you know, all like everything was in, was in the car. Cause we're like, we're tired. We didn't want to empty the car. And of course that night it gets stolen. Now when we think about that for a second. If you've ever had, you know, something stolen from you, what do you feel? You feel violated. Isn't that true? You kind of feel violated. That's what a thief does. Thief wants to violate you. Okay. He wants to take from you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to be deceptive. He wants to cause confusion. That's what the thief does. He wants to confuse your life. Now, I know, um, I know this. When it comes to the thief, deception is really trickery. And, and it, it causes you to take your eyes off of the things that are true, the things that are right. How many times have you said this? Man, I'm so confused. I just don't know what to do. How many times have you said that? I've said that a ton of times in my life, right? That's what the enemy wants to do in your life. Ladies, when you're standing in the grocery store, this is not just for ladies, but I don't, I don't know why I said ladies, but it's mainly for ladies. When you're standing in the grocery store in the line, you're about to check out, and you look over at the magazine, and you see the girl on that cover, that is deception. Because what you know is true, and you've probably seen all the stuff on the internet, is that that image on that magazine of whatever magazine is telling you you need to look like that is a lie, right? That's deception. Because we all know 
that that's been photoshopped, that that person's been nip-tucked and liposucked to look like the way they look. You guys following me, right? That is deception when you see that and the world's like, well, this is what you need to look like because this is what, you know, famous people or whatever, whatever it is. But, but you guys track with me, that's the, that's the image that, uh, that we compare ourselves to a lot of times. Jesus says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look at passages like 1 Peter 5, 8, it's going to pop up on the screen. It puts things in perspective of what the enemy really wants to do in our lives. It says this in 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be careful. Watch out for attacks from the devil. Sorry, this is NLT. Watch out for attacks from the devil. Your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some victim to devour. If you're taking notes, circle the word enemy. The Bible is very clear that there is a battle going on between God and the enemy, right? And ultimately, the enemy wants to steal from you and he wants to take away your destiny. And we've been talking about that the last few weeks. So here's kind of the first thing if you're taking notes on your phone or you want to write some stuff down. Here's the first thing, right? The enemy wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your joy and your destiny. Now, I realize the word joy is like not, you know, it's kind of a churchy Bible word. But ultimately, when the Bible's talking about joy, It's talking about something that's permanent, something that God can give. See, because we can get excited about all sorts of things. We can have happiness, but happiness is temporary. But the the enemy wants to steal your joy and your destiny. Here's the second thing. He wants to kill your witness. Now, what do you mean by kill my witness? So here's what I want you to understand when I say say he wants to kill your witness. See, you're you're a Christian. You follow Jesus. What's happened is that when you take your last breath on this earth, you're immediately in the presence of God, right? The enemy has lost you, if you're a Christian, for all of eternity. So what he wants to do is he wants to, he wants to make you ineffective. He wants to completely derail your life, get you off the tracks, and, and he wants to get you off the rails and mess up your life. If he can do that, then he wins, because he's already lost you for eternity. Does that make sense? If you said yes to Jesus, right, you're, you, you would consider yourself a born-again Christian, you're saved, whatever word you want to use, right? The enemy has lost you for all of eternity. So he will do anything in his power to derail your life, to make you ineffective, to make you sit in that chair and not move, not take risks, not try anything new, not go to Mexico, not join a small group, not serve at church, not talk to your friends about God or your family about God. He will do everything he can, right? to keep you sitting right there, quiet, doubting the things that we feel sometimes. Isn't that true? He wants to kill your witness. I tell people all the time, church is more than a chair. Get involved, right? Here's the third thing, what the thief wants to do. The thief wants to destroy your life. Here's the thing. I was even hesitant in writing that, but it's true. It sounds radical, does it not? It sounds a little bit radical, like he wants to destroy your life. So check this out. Some of you are a lot, you've been out of high school a lot less time. Some of us have been out of high school a a lot longer, right? Um, This week in Rancho and Fontana, we've had four students commit suicide. Just in our area. And there are two others that attempted, um, but weren't successful. For every one person that, that is successful, 25 other attempts happen. Right? So when you hear one person try, one person did it, 25 others have tried. That's the national statistic. So 
Does the enemy want to destroy people's lives? Absolutely. Get them to a place where they're so depressed and so down that they, in their minds, think there is no other way. I have no hope. I'm going to end my life. Four people in just our area in the last week, you guys. Okay, that is the enemy roaring, right? He's, he's looking for, for people to devour. <clears throat> Satan would love for you and your friends and your family to die without knowing the truth, without knowing God's ways, right? He wants to destroy our lives. <clears throat> There's this picture that the Bible gives about these doors and the doors and what they lead to. They say, you know, some of these doors, it leads to life and some to death. And there's this cool passage of scripture in Matthew, Matthew 7. But it, 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 it says, man, the, the world's way is attractive and seductive. And it's like really wide and it's easy to find. Um, but God's way is a little more narrow and it's harder to find. But there you find life. Matthew 7, 13 and 14, check it out on the screen. It says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate the narrow door. The highway to hell is broad. It's wide. Its gates are wide for many who choose the easy way. But the gateway to life is small and the road is narrow and only few find it. You see, easy to get in. It's attractive. Now, I don't know what makes the world attractive to you. For a lot of people, it's different things um, that we talked about earlier. But uh, for the sake of the conversation, um, I'm just curious, like something that's a little bit more universal, unless you're lactose intolerant. Um, how many of you guys like ice cream in the house? How many of you guys like, yeah, ice cream, heck yeah, right? You love ice cream. Um, I want to hear some favorite flavors, just because I have a favorite, but I want to hear your flavors. Chocolate, what else? Get, get creative. What a, Rocky Road? Rocky Road with those almonds and marshmallows. I hear you. What else? What do you guys like? What kind of ice cream? Huh? Pistachio. Did I hear pralies and cream? Did I hear that? Did someone say that? I don't understand that, but uh, you know, I'm a. Uh, it's gonna just pop up here. I'm a chunky monkey fan. You guys, does anyone know uh, Ben and Jerry's chunky monkey? So it's banana with walnuts and like giant chocolate chunks. It's super, super good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So here's the thing: when it comes to ice cream, we love it. I'm a big ice cream fan, but kind of for the the, the image to mess with a little bit. Okay. I wanna. I want to help you kind of understand what I'm talking about a little bit more. So I was thinking about the image of ice cream. Now stick with me. You know, imagine you, since you were a child, a little baby, like ice cream. Like you've been eating ice cream since you were a baby. Check out this cute little baby right here. Are you with me? Are you with me, Jess? There we go. Yeah. So check, right? Since you were a baby, you, you, you just loved ice cream and, and uh, you dream, you dream about ice cream. And, you know, when you, you get your first bike, you don't want just a regular bike. You want like an ice cream bike. Okay. And, and, you know, you, you, you know, when you can drive, you don't want just a normal car. You want an, a what? An ice cream truck. Okay. So stick with me. And, you know, you would bathe in ice cream if you could. I love this next picture. You could bathe in ice cream if you could. Okay. Um, and uh, if you could build a pool, you know, in your house, it would be an ice cream pool. Um, how cool is that? That's like a real pool. How cool is that, right? That's sweet. It's in the shape of ice cream. Um, you know, if you uh, got a house, it wouldn't be a typical house. It would be like an ice cream palace, possibly, okay? So, and then, you know, if you had a pet, your pet would eat ice cream with you. And uh, I thought that was super cute. I actually just got back from Australia. That's not the koala I saw in Australia, I saw other koalas, but I just thought that was super cute. Um, we did see koalas, which is pretty cool. Um, did you guys know we're planting a church in Australia, a water of life in Australia? How cool is that, right? <clears throat> so <clears throat> you would even kill for ice cream. 
Ooh, isn't that scary? Who, who, hates, who, who hates ice cream and clowns? It's like your worst nightmare right here, right? <clears throat> Here's the deal. But what if that ice cream, okay, you can please take that off. <laughs> what if that ice cream, the thing that looks so attractive, right, wasn't really ice cream. Let me give you an illustration. When Jordan, my daughter Jordan, she's 20 now, but when she was five years old, how, look how cute she is at five, right? Um, you know, she, she loved ice cream like any kid would. And, and I had ice cream and I said, Jordan, do you want some ice cream? She's like, yeah, dad, I would love some ice cream. And that's not what she sounded like, but I, I don't remember. It was a lot, 20 years ago. I don't remember what she sounded like, but she was so eager to, for me to give her this ice cream. So, so I handed her a cone, but the cone that I handed her, okay, you got, sorry, I got to pause. Uh, you got to remember when I was first a dad, I was really young. Okay. Like really young, you know, I was like, 22 or something. And, and, uh, you know, I used to give her lemons and she would like eat lemons and just so I could watch her face and I'd like record it, you know, that, so I did stuff like that. So I handed her the cone, but have you guys heard of, uh, you guys know what whipped butter is? Yeah. You guys know what whipped butter? So if you scoop it and put on a cone, um, it looks, it literally looks like, like uh, vanilla ice cream. And so I handed her the cone and, um, yeah, of course you, you, you try to videotape the reaction. So she takes a, a bite. She wasn't a licker. She was like a bite. So she took a bite, you guys, and immediately, immediately like gag reflex, like her face showed it and like gross, right? I mean, nasty. It's butter, right? She's expecting ice cream, like super, super gross. <clears throat> um, she probably is going to need counseling. Someone already said that to me earlier, but <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Jordan. Love you, girl. Um, I mean, I tell you that because it's kind of a good illustration, if you really, really think about it, okay, of what the world's way looks like. Because we think it's one thing, and it, it looks so good, so attractive, so seductive, exciting, right? Living the world's way, if we're honest, come on, things are fun. Things are fun, they're enticing, they're exciting. But the reality is when you bite into it, it's a good parallel of what happens to our lives, like the gag reflex, like our lives look gross. And eventually, right, we get kind of sick and tired of it. A lot of times that's what happens in people's, in people's lives. But that's the picture that the Bible is setting for us, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you might have life. You see, God's way, like we said, is not easy, but it's good. It's right. And sometimes people can't see the difference, isn't that true? Can't see the difference between butter and ice cream. You guys with me? Look at this verse in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. <clears throat> Sometimes it gets blurred. Sometimes people cannot see the truth. Satan, the god of this evil world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. So they're unable to see the glorious light of the good news that is shining upon them. They don't understand the message we preach about, the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. See, the reality is some of you in here, like you invite friends and, and they'll come into this space and they're like, man, that was exactly what I needed. Like, you know, people were super friendly and I got free coffee and I got to hang out with some cool people and, you know, I, I needed to hear that word. Like people come into this space and they have that experience. And then some of you may have experienced this. You invite people to church or you talk to them about God or whatever the situation and, and they can't see and they can't hear and they're not open for whatever reason. That's what that verse is talking about. You guys tracking with me? That's exactly what that verse is talking about. Now, if I stop the message here, would you agree it's a little 
bummer. Like it's a little depressing, right? And I want to make it practical, like I said, and I want to just give you some things tonight. Because the best part of this passage is, is the but statement and the comma that, that Jesus has in the John 10, 10 verse. Because ultimately, there's a rescue. God right, says there's a rescue. I want to rescue you from the thief. And there's kind of a plan to get there. So if you're taking notes tonight, it's going to pop up on the screen. The rescue begins with this. You can recognize, you have to recognize your need to be saved. Now, I know that's practical and simple, and a lot of you sitting in the seats are like, yeah, been there, done that, and heard that. Because here's the truth. You can escape an ordinary life when you realize your need to be saved. We all, at some point in our lives, have realized we can't do life alone. We've been driving the car by ourselves, and it's hard, and life is hard, and we need help. And that's what this is speaking to. You recognize your need to be saved. You can't earn it, right? You can't serve your way into it. You can't read your Bible enough to get there. It's a free gift that God gives. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God raised him from the dead, says you will be saved. So it's super easy, actually. God makes it really easy when you, you just believe, right? You believe what that, that verse in Romans 10 and you're saved. Super, super simple. See, if you're taking notes, circle the word believe because you might say, well, how do I know if I'm saved? How do I know if that verse is true of me? You believe. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that God, he died and he rose again three days later. You will be saved. It says real, real, real simple. God, I need you. God, I want a relationship with you. It's that easy. See, the rescue begins when you recognize your need to be saved. <clears throat> you say, God, I need you. Rescue me. Here's the second thing. If you're taking notes, it's going to pop up on the screen. You acknowledge the thief's temptations. Okay, that there is a thief that wants to take you out, derail your life, mess you up, right? Acknowledge it. Jesus was tempted. He got baptized, went out into the desert, right, for 40 days. He was tempted in all the ways we were, but he didn't sin. And I've said this to you guys before, but I, I just believe it because I've experienced it in my own life. We are most susceptible to temptation, messing up, going off the rails, whatever you want to call it, when we're what? When we're hungry, when we're stressed, when we're lonely, and when we're tired. You guys see it right there, okay? That's when we're open to temptation, when we're hungry, stressed, lonely, tired. So what you and I need to do is recognize when we're in those places, recognize that there's an enemy Okay, and battle against it, fight against it, win the battle. Know yourself, don't put yourself in situations when you're feeling those ways or feeling those things, okay, so you can over, overcome it, overcome it. Here's the third thing, you depend on God's strength, and that's kind of a no-brainer, but I think in my life and maybe in your life, I, you can probably relate when it comes to school. For some of you in the room, school is easy. School has always been easy, you don't really have to study much. You look at the problems and, you know, the answers kind of pop off the page. You're a fast reader, right? You can relate to that, that, you know, you can do school in your own strength. School's somewhat easy. Some of you are athletes and you would say, ever since I was a little kid, like, it's just easy. I knew how to hit the ball, throw the ball. It just came naturally to me. Some of you are really like outgoing people. And you're saying, man, even my parents tell me, even as a little kid, I was always friendly and always easy to talk to people, right? And, and that was something that you just had inside of you, out of your own strength. And what, th what I'm talking about here 
is that at some point in our lives, we will get to a place and, and life will be too hard for us to manage in our own strength. Maybe you've been there, maybe you haven't. I'm pretty sure it's coming at some point. We need God's strength to live like he wants us to live because we can muster up confidence. We can muster up emotionally, like, like let's get through this. We can use our own wits and smarts to overcome things. But at some point, we're gonna run out of strength and we're gonna need, really need to lean into God for whatever our circumstance is. You depend on God's strength. And then here's the last thing and I kind of wrap it up with this. You need to take a risk with your life. And me and Jakeem were talking earlier in the week and um, I was thinking about this message and to create the space and the place that we wanna create here at Pure for young adults. We need you to believe God that he has a good plan for your life, that he has a better life than you've ever dreamed of, to get out of your seat and to engage and to serve and to go and to tell and to live the life that he's destined you to live. You see, because when it comes to difficulties in life, challenges in life, if you can pop that slide up, uh, Jess, <clears throat> oftentimes God will use the difficult things in your life to help you get to your destiny. Does that make sense? Yeah, God will often use discomfort, hard things to move you into your destiny. Isn't that true? For those of you who've experienced some hardships, I can tell you 100% of the time when I've gone through something difficult, it's because God was doing something I couldn't see at the time, right? That's destiny, right? That's really what destiny is. It's like this thing that I'm, is out there. I'm, I, you know, we talk about it. I hear it. God has some plan out there for me. I can't really see it or touch it. So I have to have what? I have to have faith to believe that God has something good for me. And every single time, right? Every single time, God uses discomfort to move me into the places he wants me, to move me into my destiny, to move you into your destiny. See, at Water of Life, it takes faith to go after something that you can't see the outcome of. Isn't that true? Right, you don't know the outcome. It takes faith. Like I gotta take a step in this direction, because I'm pretty sure God's leading me there. I don't know how it's going to end, right? The Bible calls it destiny. God has good plans for me, All right? It takes faith, something that you can't see. And at Water Life, we, we, we spell faith, R-I-S-K. So if you've been around here for any amount of time, we spell it R-I-S-K. That's the whole point of this series, that you and your life might take a risk, take a step of faith, to go after maybe where God is leading you. And it looks different for everyone, okay? Because we're all on a different journey. And I kind of alluded to it before, but, but maybe it looks like going to Mexico and serving at the orphanage. Maybe it looks like being involved here with our welcome home team, you know, creating a welcoming environment here for people that are new, that have never been to church or have been to church, you know, haven't been to church in a long, long time. Maybe it's being part of our setup team and creating a cool environment. Maybe our hospitality team, our merch team. Maybe it's being part of our prayer team. Maybe it's joining a community group. I don't know what it is for you. But I know that God's calling us to take a step. He's calling us to risk a little bit. And recognizing, okay, that he wants to rescue us from the ordinary. He wants to rescue us from an ordinary life because there is a full, better life than we ever dreamed of that, that he has for us, but we gotta take a step and follow his ways. 
See, the truth is, when you come here, I'm going to teach you the truth, Jakeem's going to teach you the truth, but ultimately it's your choice in what direction you go. Because the truth is, if you're going to pursue God's ways, there is an enemy waiting to take you out. And we have to battle against him. It's just true. It's just life. We got to battle. We can't give in. We can't say it's always going to be this way. I'm too weak. My parents are like that, so I'm like this. We can't blame them. We got to own it. We got to battle, you guys. We got to battle. I'm going to invite the worship team out. But I want to look at this final verse as we kind of close our time together. It's out of Isaiah 3.33. It says, the enemy runs at the sound of your voice. When you stand up, the nations flee. How cool is that? If you're pursuing God's ways, that's how you battle. You battle the enemy with your life, pursuing him, having faith. See, God's powerful. God's with you. And you and I can stand up to the enemy. You can be rescued from ordinary life. The enemy runs at the sound of his voice, at Jesus' voice. When you stand up, the nations flee. I really hope tonight helped you in a practical way of this idea of being rescued from ordinary life, recognizing that, that God has a better life than you've ever dreamed of, that he wants you to live life in the full, that if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling anxious, if you're struggling in life, that recognize there's an enemy that is at work trying to take you out, that we got to fight against it. We got to pray against it. We got to ask for help. We got to link arms. We got to do life together. So as we close our time, I want to pray over you. <clears throat> We're going to sing a song together. Our prayer team is going to be in the back. I recognize in a room this size that that I first point of, of recognize we need to be saved to be on the journey. If we want to be rescued from ordinary life, we've got to be saved. If that's you tonight, I want to encourage you to go talk to our prayer team. They'd love to just talk to you about that. I'm not going to say anything that might manipulate you. I'm just going to say if, if God is speaking to you or God, you know, this message maybe stirred something up, go talk to them. And then for a lot of us in this room, we know what the battle's like. We know the battle's hard. We know life is hard. Life is good and life is fun as well. But needing to recognize that there's an enemy that wants to take us out. But God says, I've overcome the world. I've overcome that enemy. And that, right, the enemy flees at the sound of my voice. How cool is that? Let's stand and pray together. Let's believe together. Let's bow our heads, join our hearts together. Father, thank you for everyone in the room. And God, I ask that as we look at this very, very practical, simple message, simple passage, God, that God, we would take hold of it in our hearts, in our minds. Some of us find ourselves in, in hard situations because we've kind of just let the enemy take over. And we would say, yep, I've gone the world's way. It is attractive, it is seductive, it's drawn me in and I feel stuck. God, would my friends in the room realize they're one prayer away from being unstuck, from being free, from not allowing the enemy to have hold on their life. And that God, that all of us are in a place where we can recognize that God, you have good plans that we all have areas in our life that we need to, that you're urging us to take a risk in. And it starts when we recognize we need your help, that we can't do it in our own strength, 
that we need you to lead us and guide us to that better life, to the better life we've ever dreamed of, to life in the full. So God, help us to believe that tonight. Help us to fight against the enemy, to battle the enemy, to believe for our destiny. Although we cannot quite see it, you have good plans. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's message. Make sure you subscribe and we'll catch you next week at the Pure Young Adults podcast.